Hey, 715, how we doing? Doing good? Faith high or faith low? Faith high? Faith high or faith low? Oh, faith low. Oh, no. Worship team. No. Faith high? Okay, come on. Thank you. Bless God. Bless God. Um, has this series been good for you guys? It's been so good for me. This series has been so good for me. We're in week seven of an eight-week series on mental and emotional health. Like JC said, we're taking a look at the biblical principles, what God says about it, and hopefully pointing to resources for more for you guys. And um, there has been so much brought up, and I hope, that it's, I hope it's bringing stuff up within you as well. Whether it's week one, Pastor Duke talking about looking back to go forward and dealing with what's behind us and in our past and confronting those things, or, or Pastor Jim talking about what even is healthy and how do we know what the benchmarks of health are. And if we're looking at our relationships as a primary indicator of our health, we can evaluate where we are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We look at our relationships or maybe it's, maybe it's Pastor June talking about breaking unhealthy mindsets and the mind loops and all the unconscious decisions we make. And you're thinking like, man, this is me. This is me. Or we're talking about anxiety or fear. My hope is that through this series, stuff has been brought up for you within you. And I hope that when that happens, you have not felt a sense of condemnation because that's not what that is. When we spend time together digging into the word and the truth about God and we begin to diagnose ourselves and look at things that come up with so many of us, it will bubble up things that we're dealing with. And that is not condemnation. That is the grace of God on your life. God is not in heaven looking at you going, yeah, see, I told you, I told you you were like that. I told you you'd never get over that. I told you, no, that's not what God does. Where have we ever seen that? This is God shining a spotlight on these dark, unhealed, unresolved places of our life and going, I'm going to redeem that. I'm going to redeem that. And if you let me, I'm going to redeem that too. And so I hope you see that's grace. That's God's grace on your life. It's not the condemnation of God. It's the grace of God. And when we talk about this series, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It really means we need to change the way we think about ourselves We need to change the way we think about God. We need to change the way we think about these topics. Like if we're following the world, we're following a bad leader. And we should follow maybe what the word of God says. And it'll make us uncomfortable. It'll bend us maybe against what we're naturally kind of feel like should be right. But it's going to, it's going to make us, it's going to make us be transformed. It's going to change the way we think if we allow God to renew our minds. See, most of us, when we feel feelings of anxiety or shame or guilt, depression, loneliness, fear, whatever your, uh, whatever your, your thing is or however many of them you have, when we feel those, our tendency is to what? It's to push it down, put it away, and don't talk about it. Power through it. You know, just overcome it. Just say we're good. Press on and hide it because we don't want anybody to see what we deal with. We don't want anybody to think that we're weak. We don't want anybody to know because of, of then that's going to make me feel shame. That's going to make me feel guilty. That's going to make me feel less than. But the emotionally healthy person, the spiritually mature person doesn't hide their feelings. They feel their feelings. They feel it. Allow yourself to feel it. Maybe you're dealing with fear. You are allowed to feel fear. You just don't stop there. Feeling shame. Yeah, you feel it identify it. What am I feeling? What is that emotion? Name it. 
and then seek to understand it. So if I receive criticism or correction from a boss or a coworker or my spouse says, you know, I really don't actually like the way you load the dishwasher. And that sends me into a shame spiral or an anger spiral or, or it produces all this stuff. Don't just bury that and move on. We got to look at that and say, what in the world is that? Talk with a friend, get a therapist, meet with a pastor, dig into that, understand your emotions. Don't ignore your emotions, identify your emotions, understand your emotions, and then evaluate your emotions. Because I bet most of the time we're feeling things like shame or fear or guilt or or whatever it is for you, it's based off a misbelief or a false belief, and it's not based on truth. You you get caught up in that sin you've been struggling with for a while and you begin to say things over yourself about what you're not, about how you'll never be what God wants you to be, about how you won't ever get there, how people will never accept you, about how people will always reject you. And you say, wait, is that in the word of God in any place? Is that what God thinks about me? We feel that feeling, we identify that feeling, we understand that feeling, then we evaluate and we say, no, 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 no. That's not what the blood of Jesus says about me. He says, therefore, there is now what? There's no condemnation in Christ. So when I feel shame and I feel guilt, the word of God, I speak that over me. There is no condemnation in Christ. This is what the emotionally mature, healthy individual does with our emotions. This is how we transform ourselves. This is how we renew our minds, but it's just one tool of many. And tonight we're going to talk about walking in freedom. You know, we did six weeks on six different topics. We could have done 16 more weeks on 16 more different topics, but we picked those six and I I pray they've been helpful for you. And we wanted this series all along to be very practical in the end. We want it to be biblically based, scripturally sound, true, and then practical and relatable and real. We don't want to hide and pretend just because we're the church. We don't have any issues and God just has made all of us, you know, perfect and we've never struggled. That's just not, I don't think as anybody's story, matter of fact, but he is working with us along the way. And so tonight we actually have, uh, it's like substitute teacher day. And we're going to watch a video tonight, okay? <laughs> it's not Schoolhouse Rock. Don't worry. It's not Free Willy. That's what we watched back in the day. Um, but my wife, Michelle, uh, joined me. She wanted to be here tonight. But you see, there's, there's three big problems keeping Michelle from being here tonight. <laughs> three little problems. Three little problems. They're Logan, Levi, and Judah. And it is, uh, it is in the middle of bedtime as we speak. So as much as she wanted to be here and share her story with you tonight, she couldn't. So last week, we sat down and we pre-recorded this message. We know that any trial we go through, any struggle we face, any difficulty we're encountered with, it's not just for our personal sanctification and growth that we navigate that with God. That's a part of it. And for each of you, Walk through that, whatever it is for you, walk through that and grow and then know God has allowed that in your life, not just for you, but for so many others. And so I have extraordinary, I have an extraordinary amount of pride in my wife for bearing her heart and her soul tonight and sharing with you her story. And if you've ever struggled with mental health, been diagnosed or had battles, or if you've never told anybody, you know the difficulty of just sharing that story, how exposing that is, how, 
vulnerable that is. And my wife, who most of you have like barely ever seen because she'll never want to be up here in any setting, she volunteered to do this. <laughs> she said, I think the church needs to hear it. And so we're going to do our best to lead by example. Our story is not everybody's story, but it's our story. And we think the principles that we lay out in it are applicable for everybody. So um, I feel like we should clap for my wife, even though she's not here. So would you give a warm round of applause for Michelle and take a look at the screen. So thanks for being here. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. This is like a big step. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. You sure? No. <laughs> a little bit nervous? Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny even how we got here. You know, I remember uh, a couple months ago, actually, we were talking about this series, um, trying to put it together, the whole thing, and what topics we wanted to talk about, and you were helping me with that and thinking through it. And uh, I remember one night you walked, you walked in the room, and you had this like look on your face. <laughs> And I was already like concerned, like what's about to happen? And you go, <laughs> you go, I'm not sure I agree with what I'm about to say. And I was like, what is happening? And you go, I think you should interview me for the mental health series. <laughs> and like, that was it. Like that was the conversation. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I think I was kind of like, let me go pray about that. Yeah. <laughs> Before I <could> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, I've, um, it's a personal thing, and it, and then when you decide that you're going to share it in this setting, it's a little bit exciting. Yeah, intimidating, yeah. daunting. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. But then we thought about it, and we like talked through it a little bit more. And you know, I knew we we wanted to end the series on this topic of walking in freedom or walking in victory. Or what is the day to day? What right. does this look like practically now? Okay, so we've learned all this amazing content. Our presenters have done an amazing job in this series, teaching us so much. And then it's like, okay, so where do we go from here? Then? Right. What do we do? And it just made so much sense, I think, to tell our story yeah. and what we've done over many years uh, to grow in this, to understand it, to learn each other, to find God in it and really figure, figure it out. Right. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. We'll tell our story uh, as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And it's not all encompassing. I mean, I think it's specific, you know, to your journey, me coming alongside that. And so kind of like Pastor Keith said, the topic of mental health is so broad. Right. You know, we won't cover everything. We'll mostly be talking about anxiety. Yeah. But I think the things we talk about, um, the truths therein, the steps to kind of freedom are true, even if you're not clinically diagnosed sure. with a mental illness. Um, but if you just battle, you know, you come out of the, the, one of the hardest years you've right. had, uh, whether it's loneliness, uh, bouts of depression, whether it's just... Um, you know, negative self-talk right. over a long period of time, issues of self-worth. I think these truths are still applicable yeah. in those That's ways. Great. Yeah. So before, you know, you jump into your story, our story, really, um, what do you hope people get from this? Like when they, when we're done, what's the takeaway? Yeah, I think there's a few things. Um, and again, this is certainly our testimony and our story. Um, so it's not all encompassing of everyone's experience, but the things that I would love hopefully for people to hear in our story is that um, 
if you are experiencing mental health challenges, you're not alone. You're, the yeah. enemy can kind of make you feel isolated, like you're the only one that might be battling that, and that's just not true. So hopefully by just hearing our story, that will allow for some freedom for people. Um, the second thing that I would love for people to take away is just that God's love for them does not um, ebb and flow based on if they're having an anxious day or not. Mm -hmm. um, it stays the same no matter what. God's love is so deep and so real for everyone. And so it doesn't change mm -hmm. if you battle with these Which things. Which is a whole, well, that was a whole, not to jump the gun, but that was a whole, that's a battle. That's a legit yeah. thing of like, does, does God approve of me still? Yeah. Does he even? It's like, a huge part of yeah. my story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the last thing is just that for people to know that your hardships in your life, um, challenges that you have, God can redeem those for mm. good. Um, he can use them to draw you closer to him. Um, and I think that that has been a huge part of our story of, as well as in these moments, kind of in the pit, if you will. Yeah. Those are the times where we're really relying on God in a deeper and a unique yeah. way. And so that's where growth can really happen, I think. It's good. Yeah, and we talked even just kind of the the tension. Uh, it's not even a tension. It's a battle that you just, you know, you navigate of does God, is God giving me these issues uh, so that he can redeem me? Right. Or do we live in a world that there's traumatic things that happen yeah. and people are sinners and we're broken and this is just all of our brokenness spilt out on each other. It leaves scars and it leaves effects. Right. Uh, and yet we have a God who will redeem us right. in every one of those moments. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing. You know, we can look at God and always ask, why did you do this to me? Why right. am I dealing with this? And that's yeah. a very real and valid thought I think most people have. But you've got to kind of put that one to bed yeah. to say, this is the state of the world that yeah. we're in. It's broken. Yeah. And yet God can and will redeem me and has a plan to yeah. if I follow. I think that's powerful. And I think, I, I mean, I remember a time where I was calling out to God and saying, like, why, why is this happening? Why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah. You know, how we ask those questions. And it was kind of in that moment that the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, you're kind of asking the wrong question. And the answer is, you know, I'm not allowing anything to happen to you, but I have been with you the entire time mm. that he's been walking closely with me, even though it's felt like, oh, why did you leave? Why have you abandoned me? Right, why whatever? Right. And it's very much been, he kind of whispered, like, I have been walking with you this whole yeah. time. And for me, that was just this huge realization of he has, yeah. you know, and that was, I think, really powerful too. I, I love the image, you know, in the Bible, we get the picture of God's voice as being this still small voice, almost like a whisper. Mm -hmm. And I love the picture of the reason that God whispers is because he's close. Yeah. And the enemy shouts at us right. and declares lies loud, at us yeah. and he yells at us. Yeah. Yet God whispers right. and he whispers because he's close. Right and I you. thought that was the powerful thing yeah. as we were discussing that truth. Yeah. So um, let's go back. Yeah. Um, and just quickly, you know, tell us your story, kind of what our journey has looked like uh, from the start. When, when did this start for you and what did it look like? Yeah, I really started experiencing debilitating anxiety. It was the summer of my 21st birthday. Um, and I just remember that because I was home visiting family and really began um, ex experiencing really severe anxiety. And then it led into panic attacks. And I remember at one point I was having a panic attack while I was at work. And so I kind of excused myself to the break room and um, 
one of my coworkers came in and sat with me and was like, hey, you know, I, I know what this is. I know what mm. this is like, you know, just kind of was there and was present. And I was really thankful. Um, but it was also in that moment that I realized that I needed to get help because I, what I had been trying to kind of just muscle through before was no longer viable. It was not working. Right. Um, so at that point I decided to call, um, a doc, my doctor. And so it was a, me- a medical doctor. And so I went and saw them and kind of explained everything that was happening. And she very kind of quickly and easily diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder, um, and gave me medicine yeah. and that medicine was extremely helpful. Um, I began experiencing relief pretty quickly after I started getting on it. Um, I was on that for a while and then was able to go off for a certain amount of time and then began experiencing really debilitating panic attacks after that. So uh, you start having these symptoms and you're going like, okay, something's not right here. Like there's something, this isn't just like I'm worried or I'm like, I'm a little bit stressed and overwhelmed. Like this is different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you go to the medical doctor, medical doctor gives you a medical solution, which is Fair enough. That's what kind of you yeah, expect. It's great. Um, and so, and the medicine helped. And so, yeah. talk a little bit more than just about the role medicine has played in this for you. Yeah, medicine has been really helpful for me. Um, there was a season where I wasn't on it, um, and then, like I said, the the anxiety kind of came back in full force. I think maybe even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, we kind of decided that I would go back on the medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, that has been it has been extremely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you go back on it, yeah. so this story, you know, it spans from when we were dating yeah. to kind of at this point, we're jumping through that few year period. Yeah. Um, we're married. Yep. And uh, I think similarly, we, we knew like when you went off it, these things came back up. Yeah. And I think we knew at that point, okay, there's something deeper going on here. Yeah. And we've got to figure that out. Right. And so then, you know, we begin exploring counseling. Right. So t- talk about that and just yeah. the move from like, well, medicine's a part, yep. but then we wanted to explore. Yeah. Deeper. So I think the medicine has been kind of helps with the symptoms and the, like the biological response that your body is undergoing when you deal with um, generalized anxiety. Uh, but we also knew that I needed to kind of address some of the things that were causing it. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of around the same time that we, that I went and started to see my, um, counselor, my Christian counselor. Um, her name is Rebecca. She was great. Um, and so we, she kind of helped me uncover some of the things that were causing my biological response in the fight or flight, um, situation. And so we kind of uncovered, um, not that I didn't know this, but I didn't know what was causing it, but my mother passed away. Um, when I was two years old, she had breast cancer and lost her battle to it. And so when you experience that level of trauma as a child, it can, um, alter your chemistry, your, your biological makeup, your brain function and you know, all of that. And so for me, then it kind of, because you know, you're two years old, you don't really have the mental capacity to deal with it. But then even as, as a child and a young adult, that was not processed for me. I never really dealt with the fact that she had passed and just some of those abandonment things that would rise up. And so, um, with Rebecca, we kind of were, I, I was able to kind of identify like, Hey, this is a real thing that happened. It's traumatic. And this is some mm-hmm. of the ways that it's manifesting now as an adult. Um, and it's that just was so, huge. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful. And yeah. so talk about that. I mean, we, 
you know, you're like, man, I'm having these symptoms, I'm getting some treatment, let's kind of, maybe someone can walk me through it. I don't even think we were expecting to uncover some of this stuff. Sure. And kind of, again, it's not like we didn't know your mother had passed, right. but we didn't know the effects of it. Right. And so then identifying those things, putting a name on it, drawing the connection yeah. for you, what did that produce in you and that experience? What was that like? Yeah, I think it was just really powerful to have um, a name and... Mm -hmm. um, to identify, I think part of anxiety can be like, well, I'm definitely going crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so for it to be, you know, for Rebecca to be like, your body's kind of having a somewhat normal response to what happened. You right. know, it's a traumatic situation, but to know like, okay, this is not, I'm not going crazy. This is a, yeah. you know, this is a real thing. And yeah. um, I think that's just really helpful. Yeah, it's freeing. It's liberating yeah. to kind yeah. of like identify it and begin to understand For sure. what's behind it. Right. I remember those appointments really well. You used to make me drive you to every single one of them. Because I was terrified. Right. Yep. And so I would go <laughs> and I'd sit as an old church basement on like a wooden bench and I'd just sit and wait. Yep. And uh, it was cool though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we went through it together yeah. and just kind of figured it out along the way. And it makes me sound really helpful uh -huh. and it makes me sound like I was this really just, you know, saint of a man. But <laughs> what I really want to talk about is just how unhelpful I was for so long <laughs> <It's not laughs> and, <your fault. laughs> and how I just wasn't what I should have been. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> no, you were, no, you were, um, I think there's just, it's really challenging for some, so of course somebody that's experiencing anxiety or mental health challenges, they have their own kind of set of difficulties. But I think the person that's their loved one, whether that be a spouse or a parent or child or whatever, a good friend, um, I think a lot of times if you don't experience it yourself, you're kind of like, I don't really know how to help be helpful here. Mm -hmm. um, well, that was my, that was just my thing was I had never dealt with anxiety. I didn't yeah. understand that to be a thing. I had never even heard the term panic attack. Right. I had no idea what that was. And so, you know, going back to when this started, we're in college, we're dating, we're, we're on the phone. And, you know, you'd call me and you'd just be like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling so anxious. I'm, and I'm going, okay, you know, as a man, I'm going like, all right, so there's a problem. Let's fix it. Mm -hmm. I can definitely solve this. Uh, what's making you feel anxious? And you'd say, I don't know. <laughs> and that would drive me nuts. I'd be like, well, how do you not know? Like, okay, so like, what's, what's, what are you worried about? Right. And you say, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're so, and you're, so you're feeling anxious. Yes. <laughs> okay, why? I don't know. And I'm going like, okay, well, can you not feel that way then? Like, can you stop? Because like, and I legit, and it's yeah. so funny because Keith Tower, he talked about that. He's like, don't tell an anxious person. Have you tried stopping? And I'm going like, that's what I did was like, <laughs> could you not then? Have you tried not feeling this way? Right. Yeah. And I just think, you know, the for me. The answer is yes, I have tried yeah, not. Right. <laughs> You're like every moment of every day, right. I've tried to not feel this <laughs> yes. way. It's not working. It's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going, okay. So I think what I learned in that, what I know I learned in that is just because it's not my experience yeah. and it's just because it's not real. Uh, in terms of what I have dealt with personally, doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. And so you're feeling and experiencing things that are totally foreign to me. Right. And my instinct is to be like, okay, no, yeah, that's right. that's not true for me. So it's definitely not true for you. Right. And so learning to empathize. Yeah. And learning to find a place. And so now I know very well that if you're having an anxious day, actually now at this point you're so you're so good at diagnosing those things. You can pretty clearly identify yeah. them. But every once in a while, sure. you'll be like, I'm just feeling really anxious. And I'll always ask, uh, is there something you're anxious about? Right. And I know now that when you say no, I know that the answer, what you really mean is yes. 
everything. Yeah. It's like every thought in the world is running through my brain at yeah. the same time, and I'm thinking worst case scenarios. And so instead of me going like, okay, let's handle those one by one, I just listen. Yeah. I go, well, just tell me about what you're thinking. Yeah. And we have found that it's so therapeutic and helpful for you to just express those things. Yeah. Just say them, and then I don't pr- provide solutions. Right. I think we normally just pray. Yeah. And I think just, prayer yeah. has played a huge part for sure. Um, I remember the times when my anxiety was at its worst and it would just, you would just say, let's, let's pray, you know, and you'd kind of lay yeah. hands on me and pray. And I think that was just could almost immediately kind of feel the, the power and the presence and the peace of the Holy Spirit in those moments. Yeah. And yeah. even in those moments too, you know, I don't even think often, you know, let me say it this way. More often than not, what we're doing when we're praying is inviting the peace of the Holy Spirit to come in. Yeah. And we're, re- we're reciting and praying through the scriptures that we've anchored ourselves on. Right. And we're letting the peace of God yeah. surpass what we understand about our present situation. Right. And we're letting that kind of rule and reign. And that's what we pause and kind of invite in. Yeah. So at this point in the story, um, you know, you've had these issues, really debilitating panic attacks. Um, you've seen a medical doctor, you've got medicine, which has helped. We've gone to counselor and yep. done some therapy, which was really beneficial. Yep. I began to get educated and understand, okay, <laughs> what is my role as a support in this and how can I help? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I hope the kind of the picture we're trying to paint here is we're just adding tools to our yeah. toolbox. Right. And so it's not any one thing, yeah. but it's a little bit of a combination of, of all, all of, of these things. things. Yeah, for sure. And so then at one point, in fact, uh, you began to meet with Pastor Jim. Yeah. Critcher here at yeah, Grace right. and start to talk through some of this stuff. What was that like? Yeah, so we began to kind of just have discipleship meetings. We were wor- working through um, a book called The Search for Significance. It's a great book. Which is incredible. Um, a really, really great tool. And um, it was kind of at that point, like you said, I had you know, had the medicine, I had the kind of the therapy and beginning to understand some of the biological responses that my body was having. Um, but then meeting with Pastor Jim really allowed me to look at it through the lens of the gospel mm-hmm. and applying the gospel to myself. Now I had been saved, you know, for a long time, but, um, it was kind of then in those moments that I realized that God's love for me does not change because I have anxiety. And so I, for a very long time, I believed that I was disappointing to God because I just couldn't muster up enough faith, you know, to stop worrying. I couldn't muster up enough faith to, um, not be anxious. And so I thought, man, I'm just failing on all parts, you know? Mm-hmm. And these kind of moments allowed me to say, look at, you know, who God says I am in him and that his love for me does not change. It does not waver whether or not I'm having a good day or an anxious day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just really transformative for me to know I'm not a disappointment. I'm, you know, he's, I think Pastor Keith talked a lot about mm-hmm. the scripture that's often kind of misused of like, do not be anxious. And he talks about how um, you tell an anxious person, God doesn't want them to be anxious. And then they're just even oh, more God, anxious. God's mad at me now. Right. Yeah. God doesn't want me to be anxious. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's, and then he kind of explains, well, it's more about how in God we are able to not, yeah. you know, be anxious. Yeah. Um, it's not a command or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so then, so then through the process of discipleship with Pastor Jim, yeah. you begin um, taking more of a gospel-centered approach to applying the truth of Scripture right. to you. I, I know the, the big ones are, you know, who God is doesn't change either. And right. God is love, and his love for us does not change. Right. But it's also your identity 
in Christ Amen. that does also, and your worth and your value doesn't change just because you're battling something, whether it's mental illness, an addiction, or any other sin in our lives. It's not like God is loving us less. Right. And there's a passage of scripture that you really uh, centered on yeah. for this. And I want to find it and read it so that I can, because it's so powerful. It's from Romans 8, it's 35, 37, and 39. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky nor in the earths below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for me, that just has been uh, just a transforming scripture that I've been able to anchor on. So uh, good. And believe, yeah. Uh, what does it look like for you just day to day? And we've got a number of other scriptures that, that you've used. What's it look like to use that scripture? Yeah, I remember kind of when you're really in the thick of things and it doesn't, when you're trying to recite scripture to yourself, um, it kind of, you kind of can feel like, is this helping? Is this mm -hmm. really doing anything? Um, and again, Pastor Keith kind of talks about how our, um, it's not being fake, it's having faith. So yeah. deciding that even if you don't feel like it in those moments, deciding, no, I'm going to speak truth over myself in these moments. Um, and so that's having a few kind of, we call them life scriptures mm -hmm. that we anchor on. And so, you know, mine have always been be still and know that I am God. Um, in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Um, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of right. power, love, and sound mind. Um, and then, of course, and this Romans, Romans yeah. scripture as well. And so just kind of choosing those scriptures and believing those truths in those moments, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, kind of over the long run, as you're kind of layering that in, as right, Pastor Duke right. says, it begins to be transformative, I yeah. think, in your thought life. Yeah, it's like the same steady strokes, day after day. Yeah. Recite the scripture if you don't feel like it. Pray the prayer if you don't feel the faith for yeah. it. But just do it, because yeah. that is the faith. Right. Is I don't feel it, but I'm going to do, do it. i do it anyways. Trusting it's going to produce something, right. that's faith. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to produce something. I believe it will. I don't feel like it. And then we yeah. see God, o o over time, they become so anchored. Yeah. Those are the thoughts that you think. Right. And it actually does, you know, there's chemistry behind this. The neural pathways, the thoughts you think, the more often you think them, the right. easier they are to think. Yeah. And so when we talk about transforming or changing or renewing our minds, what we have to do is begin telling ourselves new thoughts. Right. And so instead, if you feel it saying to yourself, like, you're worthless, you'll never get better, this is just who you are, you're yeah. crazy, you're broken, yeah. that's going to become really easy to continue to say to yourself over time. Right. What's much more powerful then is the way to break the cycle yeah. for us has been finding these anchor scriptures. Right. And instead of saying, I'm crazy, I'm broken, I'll never get better, <laughs> we say, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. God has given me a spirit of love, sound mind, right? Mm -hmm. And our boys have that memorized. Too. And our boys have it yeah. because we <laughs> say it so much yeah. and we recite it. Um, and this, is a, this becomes another for us, a powerful tool in our toolbox, um, whether it's medicine. And again, if you're clinically diagnosed, that might be something that would be really powerful for you, whether yeah. it's therapy, which we kind of have a thing at this point, we're kind of like, I think everybody needs therapy yes. at some point. I There's something yeah. 
you should probably sit with a counselor and just work through and yeah. figure out what's there. Right. It's discipleship yeah. and it's sitting with somebody, whether it's a pastor or a mentor, who's going to take you through scripture and shed light on these things yeah. and show you what God says about you. Because yeah. we know, you know, when you're in it, it's hard to, right. you know, apply scripture to yourself because you just don't feel it. Yeah. But it's powerful to have somebody speak it over you yeah. and to show you these things. Right. And so this whole idea of, you know, walking in freedom or walking in victory or the day-to-day outworkings, it's got to be, you know, said that if you're going to have victory, it means you're going to have to have had opposition. Yeah. You've got to overcome something. Right. And so the idea of walking in freedom, it's not about um, never having another battle. It's about knowing how to walk, knowing how to fight, right. knowing what to do. And so a big part you know, for us, and I think for many people, it's overcoming the lie mm-hmm. that I'll only be free if I never have another anxious thought. Right. I'll only be really healed if I never feel depressed again. Mm-hmm. I'll only really be free if I never have a, you know, a negative thought or I've never battled with loneliness. And like that's the lie yeah. of the devil who's the accuser who just comes to tell you what you're not right. instead of affirming who God is. Yeah. And our anchor scripture on that thought is one you've mentioned, John 16, 33, and I'll read it to get it right, where Jesus says these things. This is what I love. When Jesus, it's the power of God, the word of God, he says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you have said something so profound about this scripture. You know, we talk about in church, the word of God goes forth and it does not return void. If God says it, he will do it. God is not a man that he should lie. Mm-hmm. Like, right? And so when the, there's promises in scripture and we say, if God has spoken a promise over you, it will come to pass. And you said, well, there's, there's actually, there's two promises yeah. in the scripture. Yeah, the first promise is that you will have tribulation. You yeah. will have hardship. You will have trouble. Which is like not the promises of God no. we love in church, right? <laughs> yeah. Like It's like, no, the plans I have for you to prosper you and, yeah. and to hope and to heal you. Yes, which are also true. Which are also yeah. true. And there's another truth. Yeah. You will have trouble. Yeah. and the, But the second part of that truth or the second part of that promise is to know that he has already overcome the world. Yeah. So in this world, we will have problems but God has already overcome them. And so we don't have to try to battle and fight on our own. In fact, I don't know how you could, but we can take hope and strength in knowing that God has already overcome those things for us on our behalf in the death of Jesus and resurrection. And so I think that is just so powerful. Yeah, I love it. Jesus is saying, I want you to have peace. I say these things that you'll have peace. So yes, you'll have troubles. but I've overcome this world. And so we don't get afraid of our troubles. We don't get fearful when we have these moments, these things come against us. We know they're going to come. And what we know more than just that they're going to come is that we know that our God has victory over them for us. And that's the, those are the thoughts we try to as much as we can to center on, (laughs) right? Some days are easier than others, but you've got to have an anchor that you come back to. And just to be honest, you know, part of this is we want to be very transparent and real and not sugarcoat it and like, oh, it's been easy. It's fine. Even in preparing, we're going, you know, Walking in victory doesn't always feel like yeah. victory. Right. And even though Jesus has overcome the world, it, sometimes it doesn't feel like I've overcome. Mm-hmm. I still feel like, you know, I've made no progress. Right. And that's just, again, it, that's a feeling. Yeah. You know, it's valid to feel that. You have to examine it. And that's what we did. We said, okay, we feel that way sometimes, but let's examine that. And so yeah. I asked you, when this was at its worst for you, right. What was it like? Just describe it for us, a panic attack or bouts of anxiety. Yeah, for me, I mean, again, of course, 
varies by person, mm-hmm. but for me, um, the panic attacks that I would experience is basically like your body kind of goes into fight or flight. Your adrenaline is really pumping. So there's physiological response. Your heart is racing, you're sweating. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's kind of also the feeling of just like overwhelming dread, overwhelming fear, um, feeling like you're going crazy. Like we kind of talked about, which we laugh about, but it's real in the moment. Um, and then for me, then I would experience that. And then I would just be kind of out of commission for like a day or two afterwards. Yeah. So I would just, have, you would be emotionally, physically exhausted. Yeah. Like you couldn't get out of bed the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like calling out of work right. and, you know, kind of all of that things. So when I say debilitating, that's kind of what I'm mm-hmm. referring to. And I, and I would know if she was having a panic attack, it was like, okay, well, tomorrow is a wash. Yeah. Like cross it off the calendar. Yeah. It's nothing. It's a recovery day. Yeah. Uh, so describe what it's like now. Because I can't remember the last time you had a panic attack. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Um, which is great. Thank That's God. amazing. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't. I don't still battle with anxiety right. in in the day to day. Just the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now with the, kind of all the tools that you have kind of explained, I'm able to see it coming. I yeah. can kind of diagnose it, and then I can begin to speak the truths that I know. Um, I begin to pray. I begin to right. talk to you. Right. Um, you know, I we, don't say stop feeling that way now. I say, let's, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I have kind of some other f- friends and family who I can mm-hmm. also reach out to and say, Hey, this is happening. They can speak kind of truth back exactly. into my life. Um, and so I think there's been a, a huge difference. And I, and I think, you know, when you look and you try to self-evaluate, it's hard. And again, this is why we talk about being in community. You just mentioned friends and family that you have, that you bring into this story. Right now, we're bringing everybody into it because we it's our testimony. <laughs> yeah. God has delivered and is healing us. And we believe it's true for each yeah. and every one of you as well. But sometimes we have to look back yeah. to actually see how far we've come. Right. Day to day, very few of us, I feel like, may, like, feel like we're making progress. Yeah. Even if you go to the gym or you're studying a topic or you're trying to learn a new skill, each day is like, did I accomplish anything? Right. I feel the same. I don't know what's different. Like, yeah. I read my Bible. I went to the gym. I, I don't see the result. Yeah. But when you look back yeah. over 15 years, you're going like, wow, like, this is very different. Like, this is not even in the same realm. And it just, it makes me think of the power in Scripture of mm-hmm. that. I mean, in Revelation... We're overcome by the, by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of our testimony. Yeah. The remembrance of what God has saved us from. It's mm-hmm. Joshua and the Israelites crossing the Jordan and leaving memorial stones mm-hmm. that their children and their children's children would look at and see and remember God delivered them. Right. We look back to go forward. It's the Passover meal itself. It's a meal you eat every year to remember God delivering you out of slavery in Egypt. And it's a moment to look back yeah. And go, man, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Look where I am. Yeah. I might not be where I want to be yeah, yet, right. but I am not where I was. Yeah. And if that begins to inspire faith and yeah. inspire hope again, and the devil is just going to tell you you're, you're where you were. Yeah. You've not even taken a step. And when you pause and look and you invite somebody in to help you, yeah. pause and look. Because yeah. again, we're the most critical to ourselves. For sure. You see, like, God has brought me through so much. Yeah. And that's a part of this, again, that's kind of one of the final tools in this whole thing. Um, you know, we're talking about scripture and prayer and discipleship and community and therapy and medicine if you need it. There's so many tools. We want to leverage those things to walk in each of one of them. And just, 
you know, from me to you, that's one of the things I've been so proud about you for in this whole journey is it's you didn't just try one thing and call it quits and you never gave up or gave in. Your vision for why it was important to battle this, to heal from this, it extended beyond just you. Yeah. You're looking at your marriage. Mm-hmm. You're looking at our children now. Yeah. And when we talk about our boys can recite the scripture, <laughs> it's because we're saying the scriptures. We're fighting every day. Yeah. And you didn't stop at therapy. You met with Pastor Jim. And you didn't want to go to therapy. And you definitely didn't want to meet with Pastor Jim. Nope. Right? And <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go sit down and uncover all this and deal, drag it out into the light right. and deal with deal it. With it. Yeah. And yet where we are now is only because... Yeah. We did that. Hard work, yeah. Me, even just, sure. I want to say I humbled myself. I was humiliated <laughs> in learning how inept I was at dealing with this. I had to relearn and retrain my brain. Yeah. I had to learn the scripture with you, yeah. learn how to recite it with you. And these are the steps we take each and every day. So for you, that's kind of what it's like for me. What's it like for you walking in victory, walking in freedom yeah. today? What's that look like? Yeah, I think it's changing, kind of like you mentioned, it's changing the mindset of I'm only free if I don't have any sort of anxiety or I don't have any kind of anxious thought. I think it kind of turns into um, when I feel that coming and addressing it, do I just, does this even deserve my attention? And if it doesn't, get get out of here. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if it does, then applying those truths and those those scriptures that we mentioned about... um, just kind of applying that to what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a process, right? Yeah. yeah. For me, it's definitely, it's very much a journey. And I don't feel like I'm an expert in, I've figured it all out and right. it's, I don't struggle with this at all anymore. It's certainly not the case. I think um, it's just the testimony of God's goodness throughout all of it and how yeah. he's brought us to where we've come, like you said. Yeah. Discipleship's a journey. Yeah. It takes years. It takes just time. Community, yeah. finding your people. It takes time. It's right. a process. But it's one we would say is absolutely worth yeah. walking through. Exactly. The difficulty, the pain, the uncomfort of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. But it's much more comfortable yeah. than suffering in silence. The yeah. effects of just even the things that you went through and what so many go through. You can suffer in silence by yourself or you can take the bold steps of faith yeah. to get help, yeah. to reach out, to find somebody, to persist in that, to persevere in doing good and taking the steps of faith, believing that over time, God has a desire to set you free from it. He wants you to walk in freedom. It's for freedom that you have been set free. That's scripture. And so that's an inheritance that we have. Yeah. We have a God who even in the middle of this sinful, broken, trauma-laden world, wants to step into our reality and redeem us from it. He wants to give us hope and faith and freedom in him. And it's there. It's available. And it's a matter of will we then begin to take those steps and walk in faith and see what God does. Yeah, That's great. Why don't you pray for us? Awesome. God, we thank you so much um, for your son, Jesus. We thank you for meeting us um, and being close in the midst of our hardships, in the midst of our, our challenging circumstances, God. Even when we don't feel you, you are there and you are walking closely with us, God. We just thank you. Um, and God, we just ask for those who may be listening who battle these same, these same challenges, who are going through similar difficulties, God, would you be near to them? And would you reveal yourself to them in a new way today, God? We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Amen. You know, Pastor Duke said the very first week of this, we approach this as disciples of Christ, not as victims. We approach it as disciples. So whatever steps we take, we take under the lordship of Jesus. Whatever we need to persevere through, we persevere through because we have a God and a Savior who loves us and walks with us. And this is the beauty to me of the body of Christ. Both the body, the church, that we don't go through these things alone, that we'll like right after this, we'll have a moment where you can come down and we can pray with you and begin your journey or continue your journey with you. But it's the beauty of the actual body of Christ. The one that was, that was hung on a cross. The one whose blood was, was shed for us. And in his death, we don't receive condemnation. In fact, we don't even receive the judgment of God poured out on us. We receive reconciliation. We receive hope. We receive faith. We receive healing. We receive eternity secured in him. And that is our starting point. And from there, we just have an amazing journey with God to grow and to be healed and to be sanctified, which is just a big word to say, to become more like Christ. And so we always want to make an invitation. If that's you, whether you're watching online, watching later in the week, somebody sent you this message. And let me encourage you, if this series has helped you, send these messages to people who who may need to hear them. But if that's you, you've not started your journey with Christ, or you're looking back over your life and you're going, man, I need to put a stake down in the ground and I need to restart my journey tonight. I just want to pray with you. So that's you in the room or in the chat. You can throw your hand up or click the button or just say it in your heart real loud. But I just want to pray with you um, now for that. So would you pray with me? Just pray something along these lines. Father God, Lord, I give you my life. I am not enough, but I'm grateful that Jesus is. And I'm just declaring today that he is my Lord and my Savior and where he goes I will follow and what you say Lord I will pursue that for I give you the rest of my life what I've done has not been good enough and I want God what you have for me in Jesus' name amen We're so serious when we say you don't go through this journey alone. We talk about it on Sundays. We talk about it on Wednesdays because we mean it. So if that's you tonight, whether you're in the room or you're online in the chat, connect with us. Scan the QR code that says new here. Come down front and get prayer. Click the prayer button in the live chat. Connect with a living, breathing person. Tell them your story. Find out what your next step is. You cannot walk it alone. God never made you to walk it alone. Amen.